Welcome back to Ravens Recap. Hope you're feeling all right today. I don't even know when this is going to be hitting your, hitting your ear bells. Maybe on Wednesday. It's Tuesday night for us. Day after a stunning Ravens come from behind victory in overtime. Monday night football. Everyone got to see this very exciting second half of the game. 31 to 25. Ravens win. They didn't cover, but they won. And we're very happy about that and excited to talk about it. Guys, how are you feeling during this game? I honestly felt like they could always do it. I knew it would have to be perfect near the end, but I believed that they could do it. And once it started actually happening, I just stayed calm. I was like, let's not get frazzled. Just keep doing the thing and you can pull it off. And we had a little bit of luck on our side, but it all worked out. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the first half, I think, was just a little frustrating because the defense kept bailing the offense out with whether it was, it was turnover, the strip sack by Owe, or some key third down stops to knock the Colts out of field goal range or the debacle that the Colts had with field goal kicker. You know, you're just waiting for the offense to do anything, and it was surprising that it took so long because, as we were talking about with Pete, we thought that what the Ravens would eventually find in the second half was going to be there all night. <laughs> but then, yeah, in the second half, once Lamar threw that touchdown to, to Hollywood, in my mind, I was just like, it's just going to be a matter of can the defense hold on a little more to, to give them enough time and and keep it close enough for these guys to catch up. Because once this offense starts rolling, it's hard for these defenses to stop it. Yeah, I think for me, I was... Uh maybe a little bit more pessimistic throughout the game. Like I wasn't like, obviously like, you know, not happy with how the first half went, even most of the third quarter, not super happy with how it went. But as soon as Calais Campbell blocked that field goal attempt, and then the Ravens got the ball back, I knew at that point, like, okay, the game's going to go well. You know, they just had to hang on for, you know, like the last 30 seconds, um, just so the the Colts couldn't kick a, a, a game winning field goal in regulation. But yeah, I mean, once it once once the Ravens had, had tied the game at that point, I was like, okay, well, they're they're gonna win it no matter what happens. Like they're gonna they're gonna win this game. But yeah, it, it took them a while to finally get there. Things things were a little rough in that first half. I I think on both sides of the ball, man, just the the offense and the defense, like uncharacteristic stops from the offense. The run game really couldn't get going. Pass game was a little shaky, but even in the first half, they had some some good plays here or there. But uh, the defense as well just kind of like just kept letting the the Colts kind of uh, you know hit basically with anything they had they they could throw the run game at us they could throw the pass game at us they were just having a lot of success in the game and uh, but yeah just to see that the the win at the end man that's just uh, amazing it was crazy being like all right they need to get a field goal and two eight pointers you know a field uh, touchdown and the two point conversion all right now they need a touchdown and two-point conversion all right and like every time they executed it and they got it done like there was just pandemonium in the stadium everyone was super excited and and you could tell it the players man they were so locked in like every time mark andrews caught a score uh he like he like paused for a second was just like i did it all right (laughs) you know like like confirmed the catch was made confirmed like everything was good and then like could celebrate like you could almost see like the like the the exhale of relief that the plays were being made and uh that 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 felt really good to see it just keep keep stacking i heard the the ravens uh podcast they were saying like if this game was 65 minutes i knew for sure the ravens were going to win and the problem is it was only 60 minutes so i didn't know but then i guess it was overtime and all uh so like kind of worked out and it's exactly what you guys were saying where we were just like if the defense can like 
get a stop or let up three instead of six. Like we can catch up. We will keep scoring touchdowns. It's just a matter of there being enough time because it, it took about 35 minutes for the Ravens to actually arrive at MT Bank Stadium where we had all been <laughs> for a couple hours. <laughs> Yeah, and it is interesting. I, I've heard some chatter among the the local media and the local fans about the fact that the Ravens' offense has, has had some slow starts to start this this year. Um, obviously, against Denver, no points in the first quarter. Slow start last night. Uh, they didn't start particularly fast against Detroit either. I'm wondering your guys' thoughts on that. I'm not too concerned about it as long as they can finish as we've seen they can put up points in a flurry uh, eventually i'm not 100 certain if they need to start faster but it's certainly something that has been brought up uh after this game that has some fans giving a cause for concern i mean like maybe but also i mean the reality situation look i mean uh Despite despite Lamar Jackson having a career year in terms of passing, right? This offense coming in the season was always predicated on the run and just the the turnover in that position, you know, the the play calling adjustments, just figuring out what their identity is on on that side of the ball and and not only, you know, also getting all the the new pieces on the offensive line which seems to change every single week and well next week as well. Um like I feel like that probably has something to do with it a little bit. You know, the Ravens just kind of have to figure out who they are, especially this game. I mean, you know, uh, the the run game was almost non-existent outside of a few scrambles from Lamar. I feel like that has something to do with it. But yeah, I mean, as long as as long as they're able to score and score quickly, like I mean, I think ideally it wouldn't it wouldn't take like three and a half quarters for them to to really get things into gear. Like that feels a little late for me personally, but they're scoring in the second quarter. That's no big deal. Uh, <laughs> as, as long as they end up on top at the end of the day. Yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> they can do this every single week. As long as we win every week, <laughs> I want to care. <laughs> My heart might care, but I don't, I want to care. <laughs> dubs are dubs. It's all good. I, I think the Ravens, I think come out every week. Like, is this the week that we can run the ball? Like consistently, is this the week we can like establish who we want to be quote unquote? And every week they, they they find out again. No, this is not this is not the week. And um, I, eventually, I think we have to give props to the coaching staff. They they adjust. They figure out how they can beat the team at hand. Do what they need to do to succeed and and move on to the next game. But it does seem like every week they're trying to establish some sort of identity that is almost counterproductive to who they actually might be this year. Um, I said it on Twitter. I'm going to say it here. I think it's a big narrative. Like. With the Ravens, um, you know, snapping their streak of consecutive rushing uh, for 100 yards, like it is now allowing them to go into their next streak, which I looked into, of 400 yard passing games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is the new identity of the offense. So uh, we, Dan Marino put up 15 consecutive, including two postseason games. Peyton Manning's the next closest, uh, and he only has 10. What a loser! So I think I think that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, Lamar Jackson has a new record now to go after 400 yard passing games. I didn't look up 300. I'm curious what that is too, but I'll only look that up after next week if uh, he doesn't you know, achieve 400, but I'm, I'm, I'm shooting high. I think this offense could absolutely run as a huge passing offense with how Lamar has been playing because at the end of the day, he can still run and he can still threaten. He accounted for 
504 of our 523 yards on offense <laughs> which is absolutely absurd now granted like he didn't get the yak right like like other players did get yards here it wasn't like all him but it is kind of hilarious when you look at it that way and how lamar has outscored or out uh, uh yardage compiled um more than 18 teams 18 teams that's more over half the league he has more yards by himself than the whole team does combined on offense it's wild so very cool lamar jackson is pretty good at football yeah which uh you wouldn't think would be a, a statement we need to to say or would surprise anyone but it's just crazy how i feel like something about last year for the average nfl fan slash pundit because he didn't have you know quite as good as numbers i guess last year and the Ravens didn't win quite as many games like the chatter seemed to come back to oh he's just a running quarterback there's this offense like what are you going to do with this this offense can't become an aerial assault that with Jackson at the helm I mean he even had what was ESPN kind of not so subtly took a jab at Lamar in week one after Jalen Hurts his performance against the Falcons they put up that that tweet that's now infamous among the Ravens fan base, uh, highlighting the fact that Jalen Hurts at that point had had as many 300-yard passing games in his career than that Lamar had had um, at one. And then just in the past two weeks, Lamar has had a 300-yard passing game and a 400-yard passing game. And Ravens fans, we've all known he can do this. We've all known that he could. But when you've got an offense where you're throwing out Mark Andrews as your number one option and uh, half-strength Hollywood as your number two... Yeah, the defense is key on that. And then they're just going to be like, all right, beat us with Sneed, beat us with Boyle. We're fine with that. And we saw that that was not a way to have a consistent, sustainable passing attack. It just it just wasn't going to work that way. And the Ravens needed to find other receiving options to take the pressure off those two guys and, and get them more open. And that happened with signing Watkins, drafting Bateman. We'll see that in a couple weeks. Prochet and Duvernay have taken huge steps. And this is exactly what we, all of us Ravens had been saying will happen. You give Lamar weapons, he's going to be unstoppable. He's per darn good without him, but he's going to be <laughs> superstar with him. <laughs> I tell you what, we're going to look at the uh, coaching staff hires of uh, Keith Williams and, and T. Martin of this year as truly going to be the I think like one of the top difference makers this season. I mean, just look at, look at, we had most of the same guys last year and they're just playing at a different level this year. I mean, Hollywood like is on pay. He's like eighth in the NFL in receiving yards at this point, five touchdowns through five games. That's amazing. Top three. If he doesn't drop balls. Yeah. Guaranteed top three. <laughs> guaranteed, <laughs> right? yeah. Guaranteed top three. If he didn't drop all those balls in Detroit, he would be top three. I mean, that's amazing, guys. We've never had a receiver like that in Baltimore ever. Like, not even Anquan Bolden, not Torrey Smith, not Steve Smith. Nobody. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, that and just, you know, even even guys, Duvernay and Prochet, like, uh, it's, it's, it's impossible to kind of talk about everything that went well this game because Lamar, Mark Andrews, Hollywood, they were all so prolific this game, but... I mean, even in the first half, I remember there was that pass, I think it was in the second quarter to Duvernay, where he had kind of to go low. He had two guys draped over him and was able to make that sliding catch. Like I, I was looking at that. I was like, dang, like Duvernay would have never made that last year. Like That was a really impressive catch. Prochet had one as well, I believe, in the second half where I was just like, uh, he got laid out by uh, Sendejo. I thought he gave him a concussion. 
Uh, mm-hmm. But he was able to make that catch and, and pop back up and get in the next play. I mean, man, hats off to those guys for just really elevating their games this year. I mean, everybody, all the receivers. You know, it's it's not just Watkins. It's it's everybody on the team. But I certainly have to think, you know, adding adding Watkins as well, this whole group and just everybody this year, it's – dude, I, I can't wait for everybody to be healthy because, I mean, I, I feel like this is this is like the first of yet to come. You know, we haven't even talked about some of these other guys. Yeah, I wrote down uh, the riff off of Peter's notes of uh, the Chiefs game, the Ravens' two queens. I mean, Mark Andrews and Hollywood were both incredibly efficient with their peppering of targets. You know, in the past, we said, oh, like those guys, like it can't just be leaning on them. But uh, we've been pretty good last night, even if it was just leaning on them. But I think the reason they're having such success is because these other components, the supporting cast, are really dependable now. That you can't You can't ignore them. Uh, they they're producing in other ways. So uh, even though like you know, 13 for 11, 10 for nine, two touchdowns each, 147 and 125. Like Peter, I want to give you the 150 because like, you're right in spirit. Like you just you could never have assumed that Mark Andrews would have had so many. <laughs> it just didn't give Hollywood enough to him. Like there was not enough, enough, enough field. There wasn't yeah. enough field for him to get it. But like then you had Duvernay, right? So Duvernay played 88% of all offensive snaps. 88 four for 45 they leaned on him Watkins he only had 20 snaps because he got injured which I think is like really interesting because it, it made the supporting cast like really have to prove themselves in this game uh Prochet with 50 percent of the snaps at uh 68 percent and even Tylen Wallace I saw him on the field a couple of times I was like oh Tylen's out there he yeah. had three snaps so um no snaps for Boykin in his first game back offensively he did have 15 special teams ones but he had really 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 interesting to see and like you said man Duvernay over the middle like some clutch third down catches uh Prochet's two like they just were all doing what needed to be done and it was awesome like it was just like truly awesome to see how well they're playing and uh I hope you know Watkins can come back soon but it sounds to me like Bateman's going to be available next week I, I truly do think that Bateman's going to finally be available so I think after what we've seen there and what he can bring, uh, you know, if Watkins is hurt and needs some time to get well, like do it so he's good for long term. I think that's a, a luxury the Ravens might have in the passing game right now, like the wide receiver room, is if one guy gets a little nicked up, just give him the time because the other guys can definitely step up. 100%. And like you're saying, we still haven't even seen what Wallace or Boykin can do this year um, if they get some, some targets uh, on the offense. And, you know, I mean, hopes aren't too high for Boykin, but he has shown that if there's if the defensive attention is going on other guys, then he can get a wide open touchdown and just run with it because um, he's just that athletic and that big. So, you know, he could still be there and he could still have an impact on this offense. I forget if we, if we touched a bit on, on how Mark Andrews is doing compared to the rest of NFL. He is leading tight ends in receiving. Leading tight ends in receiving, 10th overall in the league in reception yards. And, I mean, the man found the end zone four times against the Colts. Two of them were touchdowns, two of them two-point conversions. They just they just had no answer for him. This was just a complete mismatch between Andrews and the linebackers and safeties of the Colts. I think Andrews kind of had his, his, his coming-out game last night. I feel like Hollywood had his come-out game against the Chiefs back in Week 2. And none of this is to say that these guys haven't been living up to expectations, but like we expect so much from these guys, like like Jamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has won NFL MVP, and we view that Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, as we've said multiple times, these guys can be 
Baltimore's version of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and they both of them really hadn't done that yet in their previous seasons. But monster games from both of them last night. Really, I think the first monster, not just monster receiving day, but monster clutch day for Andrews. No one was complaining about drops uh, by <laughs> Andrews last night, including he had a beautiful one-handed grab over the middle where Lamarck overthrew him slightly and was able to bobble it with his right arm and then uh, very quickly corral it before um, he got pounded by the safety. Unfortunately, I think the safety got a concussion on that play. But I, I just saw out of Mark Andrews, I saw a game where if you didn't know terribly much about the state of the NFL right now and you watched that game, you would have said, man, number 89 is the best receiving tight end in the NFL. Like, that's how good he looks last night. I mean, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, that was that was the, you know, the career game for Mark Andrews, I think, by far. I mean, you can mention a few other games I think he's had pretty good. He's, you know, that game against the Browns and at the end of 2019 was pretty good. I mean, you can mention that 2018 game against the Chargers where that was kind of like the first big game that he had. But I mean, this one just by far, man, I mean, just making plays, just getting open. I mean, yeah, the Colts defense was really banged up and really tired at the end of the fourth. But I mean, it's just th- that two point conversion, the one to actually tie the game. I mean, everybody knew that pass was going to go to Mark Andrews and he still got it anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> Even the announcers called it out. <laughs> yeah. It was like, well, just fake it. And then he didn't even, like, he didn't, it wasn't even like the most accurate throw. He just shoveled past it to him. And like, you know, it just no matter what the Colts were doing, like nobody, nobody could block him. It just, you know, he was he was taking over that game for sure. And it's really sad to hear, um, you know, in the press conference afterward, they talked to him, and you know, it was it was a little sad because he had mentioned that his grandmother passed away, and so he had mm. you know kind of dedicated that game to her. What a, what a fantastic game from him, and I, I'm sure uh, you know I'm sure his grandmother was looking down on him and just saying like, wow, you know, what a what a great game from him. I guess we should talk about some of the things that didn't work out as well. Uh, if, if we talk about the offensive line, very interesting game there. At one point, Bozeman was the only week one starter playing, which is <laughs> kind of terrifying and sad. Cleveland had a knee injury. We found out today that there's some good news, thank God, out of the report, and he's on IR, but uh, he will come back this season as the intention. And then Zeitler actually missed a few plays too. He got hurt, and then Cologne came in for him. But he came back later in the game, and I'm curious to see if he'll be on the injury report uh, with a, a banged-up knee this week or if he'll get any rest days. I think, I was telling the guys, I think Tyree Phillips is looking decent. Like, I saw a couple of you know, practice videos with him. Like, it looks like he's definitely recovering pretty well, and he could even be activated this week to come back. We'll see. Uh, so, at least there's some help coming along the offensive line. I thought their pass to, um, blocking was okay. Uh, there's a couple times that you know, um, McCarry and Villanueva got beat at the same time, which is a recipe that uh, no quarterback, including Lamar Jackson, can quite, uh, you know, survive. And uh, but otherwise, like he had time in the pocket, particularly, you know, as the game developed to deliver those passes downfield. It's really the run game that's just horrendous right now. I mean, these running backs aren't special, but, uh, you know, if you're not giving them any holes to work with, like you can't expect too much. Um, these guys are not athletic enough to produce and i also think like despite mark andrews being there and i think you know he can do a good job blocking remember that really excellent block a couple weeks back um until boyle's back you're not going to be able to really get that nice edge block uh on both sides potentially right um that he's able to bring like tomlinson's only playing like seven snaps a game like you're not you're not really going to establish a run that way and and tomlinson's not really a guy you want to have out there 
pass catching like you would with Boyle. You'd be more comfortable with that. And I don't think they really trust Oliver in that role. So this, I think this run game's like on life support until Boyle gets back or the offensive line starts gelling. And, um, and that's okay. Cause we like, it seems like we can pass the ball well enough to win these games. I mean, it is a passing league. So like, it'd be cool if our running game comes back. But at this point, I think they need to stop trying to make it happen. If it's not there, like the second you're seeing these, like these beats, I mean, it's kind of sad too. Cause like they won't get that rhythm. And I know like, uh villanueva said in the past run blocking all you know it's a good uh rest rep almost for them because it's not as like taxing as you know backpedaling and trying to make sure you don't get beat on the rush there um but i don't know man what do you guys think about all this i think it's a very interesting situation the ravens find themselves in all i can say is it's a darn good thing that this was the season that the ravens uh, decided to go all in on pass catching options (laughs) um I'm really curious to see what the Ravens do going forward. And the answer might be, we're going to have to wait till after the bye week to see what they really figure out to do. Um, Le'Veon Bell was inactive, like we said, and didn't really show, in my opinion, too much from a rushing perspective against Denver. Um, pass blocking was good. That's why they really, why they had him there. Everyone's confused as to why Devonta Freeman's still here. Uh, Murray's a great guy inside the 10, but outside of that, not really getting much out of him and then Tyson Williams is just a, a wild card he did well to start the year as a runner can't pass block and had six yards on four carries against the Colts um it there's a lot of questions here there's a lot of questions here and part of me wonders how much does it really matter for the Ravens to have an RB1 when you know that as long as Lamar Jackson is back there you're always going to have a rushing threat it, it, it's interesting. Like you, if you think about it, it, it could just be just the fact that the defense has to key in on on Lamar and keep a spy. It could be enough to to have a, a pass rush mix without having your running backs do much more than just churn out carries of three four yards to keep the defense honest. And that might be all they need to do in this offense with the passing game being as effective as it is, and Lamar uh, still being one of the most actually the most electrifying Russian quarterback in the league yeah I mean when you have Lamar Jackson I mean he's he's RB1 he's also QB1 uh, he's both so <laughs> I mean yeah we don't we don't need to have a a Dobbins I mean it certainly would have been nice if he and Gus were here but yeah you gotta kind of play with what we have I think for me the Murray's okay I don't mind him in that role I, I think if the if the O-line can get a little bit more strength and push up front I think uh, if Tyree's be able to come back, if Cleveland's able to come back healthy, heck, even if Stanley's going to come back healthy, I think if that can add to the run game a little bit more, if you can make some of those uh, holes open up, I think Murray can be that guy. Uh, he seems to be kind of, I mean, really, just kind of like a Gus Edwards light, really. I mean, he'll get you some yards, not as much as Gus would. I think Gus is a little bit more uh, powerful, kind of could follow blocks a little bit better, but I think Murray's solid in that role. Tyson, for me, is a little bit confusing. I, I know in the first week or so, he, he did a lot better. But the, the last week against the Colts, it just wasn't really the same runner. I'm hoping that he can kind of come back and, and, and be that guy. I, I will say, uh, this might be a contrary take, but I'll, I'll throw this out there. I actually did not mind Freeman at all, especially on the pass-catching reps. I thought he did a pretty good job. Uh, Murray doesn't really seem to have great hands i think he's a good rusher i just don't think he's a 
fantastic pass catcher but i think freeman's style and his speed and space i think he actually lends himself better in those situations and he did have three receptions for 34 yards so he was definitely used in the second half as as a as an option there so i can kind of see why the ravens are wanting to keep him around he is taking up a roster spot and he does provide value at least in the passing game so um you know i think that they can uh, keep a role here for him yeah, really interesting. Freeman actually did have, uh, I fully admit that he had a, a very productive and clutch um, catches. His running is still kind of crappy. I mean, he only had one opportunity and he, and he was kind of stuffed anyway. So like you can't really completely blame him. But even from like what we've seen and, and the way the, the Ravens are run blocking, like I think he'll have almost no success running the ball at this current stage. He's going to need to be given a hole. You know, he needs to be given something that any running back in the league can succeed at. I think his vision's okay. You know, like, so it, it, it could work out, but Tyson seems like a scared back, in my opinion. I think he's a little uh, scarred from the fumbles and everything. I think he's, I mean, he had really good ball security this game, but he almost felt like that's what he was focusing on more than, than just playing the game. So it's going to have to be some kind of balancing act for him where ball security is important, but also like he can just see things. Again, he didn't have much room to work with. None of these backs did. I mean, 24 yards for your Ravens running backs. Like, I understand Lamar has. 60 some yards but like come on that's pretty bad <laughs> like you know they're averaging like under three yards per carry and uh they're just not seeing they're not seeing running lanes and and ricard's been used on uh 16 snaps so 22 percent of the snaps we saw ricard in there even those snaps where he's in there like we're not seeing holes man we're just not there's just nothing there <laughs> so it's really hard to, to see what's going to happen i'm curious what happens with Le'Veon Bell? Because he's just lingering now in the practice squad. Um, I could see him getting snagged up by somebody. So, yeah, I'm definitely curious about what they're going to do next in this run game. I think eventually it can come back. But to go, to go to Peter's point, actually, I want to talk about this. No team has been uh, ballsy enough, so to speak, to try what you're you're suggesting. Like, we have a running quarterback. I mean, there's not that many teams, right? But like, we have a running quarterback. Like our quarterback is electric in the pocket. He can take off and run. Is that enough to keep a defense honest, even if we don't actually run the ball? And uh, no, I think no, 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 no. I, I didn't say I didn't say don't run the ball. I, I said that presuming that we that what we saw on against the Colts is more of what we're going to see going forward. That we're going to give carries to these guys, but they're not going to get the explosive runs that we were seeing from Dobbins and Edwards. So they're just going to be more of the you know, kind of churn the turn the clock, uh, wear the defense down, and the explosive runs are going to come almost primarily from Jackson. I see. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm going to just suggest that, yeah, like the running backs, like, I'm going to say that they probably aren't going to matter that much. Like the way that the Ravens' passing attack is respected, the way they have to guard against Lamar, I think almost inherently, even with running backs not being productive, kind of create that same effect that we we always kind of attributed to the fact that the run game was very threatening now granted maybe they're not going to stack the box as much maybe eventually they're going to say okay we, we can't have seven eight guys in the box we need to like defend these pass catchers better and that will open up the run game some because i feel like no team's actually done that yet i i you know it's like you know the trend line thing right so against the lions we kind of proved that we could pass the ball but it was just one dot against denver we kind of again could prove that we can run or we could pass the ball but it's only two now we got the third now it's a line and it may be eventually <laughs> maybe the chargers are going to come out there and say like okay like these guys can definitely pass we need to stop that like clearly they can't like the run game is really not that good and maybe that will then be 
why the running game works. Granted, like Cleveland had actually a lot of success running against them, despite their pretty good uh, front seven. But that's also Cleveland. Cleveland has the best two running backs and best line in the league. Uh, so we'll see how we are able to fare. But it's definitely going to be interesting going in these next games and seeing how defenses adjust to what the Ravens have been showing the league. Oh, yeah. And, and to be clear, I, I'm not saying that I, I like that that might be what this season is for the Ravens. I mean, it's certainly a dicey strategy, but um, I think, you know, having Lamar, as we've seen before in years past, can help mask some other weaknesses you have on the offense. So it might not be the end of the season and and kill Ravens' deep playoff hopes if they're not able to figure out uh, who's going to be the consistent uh RB2, as we said, since Lamar is always RB1 uh, for this offense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think at this point, like, I don't even care who they are. I guess like, it, it'd be what we're actually asking is, like, do we have any running back that is at all someone we're, like, willing to give the ball to uh, frequently? <laughs> like, at this point, like, these are, like, the least interesting weapons on the team, right? Like, the running backs are very much, like, we'd ra- much rather give it to Mark Andrews or give it to Hollywood or Duvernay even or Prochet. Like, I think all of us at this point would rather them have the ball in their hands than any of their running backs. But usually that means that it's getting passed. <laughs> like, the, these guys are not really playmakers, um, they are, they're playing a role at this point. And I think Tyson has a little bit of playmaker in him. I still believe like, I'm not here to say like he's dead, but he's definitely, there's something going on with him. In my opinion, I think it's, I think it's mental. I don't think it's physical. All right, guys, we're going to talk about this defense, this porous boom and mostly bust defense. <laughs> uh, need to learn how to tackle. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're going to figure that out. I don't think it's football a game where you tackle people. I don't know. I've never seen that before. <laughs> Not with this group. <laughs> I'm seriously considering if the middle linebacker core is worse than what it was in 2019. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like I, I hate to say it, like again, like it's not, it's not the end all, be all. Like these guys can improve. Queen and Harrison are young. Chris Ford, primarily special teams guy, not a whole lot of experience. But yeah, it's just, it's not, it hasn't gotten any better, at least from kind of what I'm seeing it. Um, on the defensive side, I feel like I followed Queen most of the game, um, and I mean to some extent, Board as well. I didn't notice Harrison as much, but. I mean, man, just not like not making a whole lot of plays. Just I know it's not just them, but I mean, there were just so many times I saw both those guys just crashing the line, and then the running back pick another hole. And I'm, I just I'm like, just guys, guys, what are you doing? It's a little frustrating, you know. Obviously, it's a whole unit. You know, it's not just one player that's kind of like messing up the defense, but oh, it's it, like it's not it's not looking good for sure. Yeah, the injury to LJ Fort is looking uh, more and more unfortunate as each week passes. Um, Queen again, too many times we see him get to the ball carrier and really just not have an impact on the stopping the guy's momentum at all. Um, it's kind of embarrassing when your your teammate has to call you out and and show you remind you to, to tackle properly, which is looks like what happened early in the first quarter after a missed tackle by Queen. Looked like Humphrey came over to him and was doing a motion of like showing him how he should have been tackling him. 
it's interesting because it, we talked about in the preseason how Queen looked stronger and how he was looked quicker and and he had better instincts. He was making splash plays and on the defense, but preseason football, we've heard that say it. Um, it's slower than when the actual lights come on and and the games the scores matter at the end of the day. And Queen struggled to to take that momentum that he had in the off season and in the preseason and bring that into the regular season so far. Again, the season's still young. Queen's career is still young. I am also really interested to see what the coaches do in two weeks after these next two games, and it's the bye week, and they have a lot of time to to try and sure some things up and and see if, if that helps Queen and Harrison um, in the back half of the games. But yeah, it, it's, it's becoming a weekly segment on this show. What's up with Queen and Harrison? And <laughs> You know, it's we want to see these guys do well. We do, um, but there's there's just they're struggling so much, and it's just I don't I don't know at this point what the Ravens what the Ravens do besides find find extra time to coach them up. Well, Bynes is still on this team. <laughs> That's what uh, I've been told. <laughs> he uh, he saved our butts in 2019. Uh, maybe we can do it again. But I mean, honestly, that's the problem, though, is that there's just they're. I mean, they're trying, right? The the snap counts for Chris Board went up this game. Um, I think Queen had some of the lowest snap count that he's had this year. But that's it. There's just besides Chris Board, it's Josh Bynes, and that's it. There's there's nobody really behind it. So, I mean, the Ravens can can change up some of the packages that they're calling and put more. Uh, guys like Chuck Clark or you know Deshaun Elliott in those roles, but Elliott's been hurt, so that's kind of hurt the ability to to call those packages. But yeah, it's it, it's just there's there, there's not much that we can do at this point, minus pick up somebody else from uh, free agency. But yeah, unclear as to whether there's really anybody available to do that, to be honest, or any money, or any money. Yeah, what a tease, guys! Right, like we saw Queen, we we're like, oh, looking like he's playing better, he's doing the right things preseason got a little excited not the case in the regular season uh definitely has been the struggle bus and like you say with less snaps than ever i think they're eventually going to find a way to not quote phase him out like you're not going to phase a player like him completely out at this point but they're going to definitely uh i think adjust the defense to acknowledge the fact their middle linebacking core is just not that great until proven otherwise and you know they are younger. They can learn. Um, he has a lot of potential to be great, but at this point, like we have to adjust. It's too big of a liability. We saw, you know, Patrick Queen is good for at least one or two good splash plays a game. Like he did deliver that this game. He got in the backfield. He he stuffed the run basically all by himself um, in one play. But you get killed. Like the one yard, like for a lost run play, is barely interesting when they could have passed the ball and hit the ground. But instead, you know, three or four times a game, you're out of position and they're able to run for 15 yak, right? Like, it's almost inconsequential, that kind of splash play. That's the problem, right? Like, it looks cool. You're happy for him when it happens. But, like, the way he hurts you hurts so much more than the way he's helping at this point. Yeah. That's the problem. It's really weird, too, because I think the the thing I've been noticing with Queen is, like, I don't think he's been... Like, I don't think he's been as bad as he was last year in pass coverage. I feel like he's getting back into his drops well. It's like he's not, at least from what I've seen, he's not as confused of what's going on behind him. It's just that the run defense is awful. 
I mean, I just, I, I, I just, I'm confused with kind of his stance sitting behind the line. It's just, he always kind of like, he stays pretty stiff and then just sort of like leans forward as the play goes off and then picks a hole and then kind of fills it. And I just wish he'd like, man, like stay planted, get ready to go, look where the ball's going. And then once you know exactly where it's going to go, you can use your speed to fill that hole. But it's like he predetermines where everything is going to go and doesn't react properly. And that's the most frustrating part is, yeah, like you said, Alec, there's plenty of those plays where it's like, if you get in, and it's, it's not just Queen. I mean, I think it's bored too. And just some of the other guys are just like, they're, they're predetermining where they're going to go and, and, you know, blitzing to a spot, but not filling the gaps behind it. And they need to be those guys to do that. I don't know. I mean, I, I would have to think at this point, yeah, again, like we're going to have to fill that with more safety play. I know another guy who has actually been pretty good this game. I thought Brandon Stevens had a pretty good game um, from a tackling perspective and coverage. I think he's actually been one of our stronger tacklers in the secondary. Um, you know, maybe he deserves a few more snaps in, in sort of uh, some of those packages, especially when Deshaun Elliott comes back and they're going to have to figure out how to play these three guys. But yeah, right now... Um, Queen's struggling hard, for sure. Yeah, I think the other problem, too, is the Derek Wolf problem. Uh, Derek Wolf hasn't seen the field. I think he does a lot of help for these middle linebackers to keep him a little cleaner. And the way that he plays run defense is pretty darn solid. So, you know, you can recall those games where he kind of shut down Derek Henry by himself. You know, when you don't have a player like that, it then falls back to the next guy, and the next guy's not nearly as good, right? Like, I could definitely see him coming back and, and Queen's play elevating almost just as a direct correlation. So maybe that's something for Ravens fans to look forward to, but uh, that doesn't solve everything, obviously. So a lot of work needs to be done. I think uh, there are enough standouts, like you kind of alluded with Steven's play. Let's talk about Adafi Owe. Yet again, forced fumble, sack, absolutely difference maker on this defense, the way that he can play. And I also want to point out, I can't believe it, man, Broderick Washington, you know, Broderick Washington's getting a lot of praise for the fact that he, apparently he's like some kind of film guru, right? He was like looking at the film and he said, we're going to be able to block one of their kicks. I've seen this tendency. We're going to call this play and we're going to be able to do it. And sure enough, it happened, which I don't know if you guys saw the replay, but <laughs> Calais Campbell's being like completely held by his leg. He had one leg to do that and he still pulled it off. Like <laughs> the guard like literally had his whole arm around his leg. He couldn't like go anywhere and he still was able to explode and make the play you know some of these younger guys are definitely stepping up so for where queen's been struggling a rookie and a, a you know a couple year vet but still relatively young broderick washington are stepping up and making big plays that really matter even without wolf i think that the defensive line play has been pretty good this year clayus campbell just had a monster game last night everyone knows he blocked the kick but he was in there for a lot of plays as well uh I'm starting to get concerned about Wolf and if he's actually going to be a contributor on this defense this year. And I do think that him or someone else will be needed because as good as they're doing right now, they're thin. They really can't afford an injury uh, at the moment. But for the time being, that unit is is holding strong and doing their job. I mean, it, it doesn't look like it watching the games, but the Ravens are actually seventh in the league in run defense. So even though they're, they're giving up what looks like some pretty big chunks, it's still doing way better than, than what most of the league is doing right now. That's crazy. How bad is the league at run defense? Was that after last night? That's after last night. Yep. Wow. Jeez. The league must stink at this. 
that doesn't even make sense. You know why it doesn't make sense? Because apparently it's not a running league. And I feel like if if we're eighth in run defense and people are able to do what they're doing, it's somewhat of a running league. <laughs> like, what? I mean, shoot, well, I mean, man. This, this is why it doesn't make sense. Ravens aren't eighth. They're seventh. <laughs> they're, only give, they're giving up 93.2 yards per game on the ground. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, you know what? I guess it is. I, I mean... <sighs> The Ravens actually, I feel like it's either one of two things. Either they get to the second level and they get like a pretty darn good chunk play or they're like right there and they get nothing. And I've definitely have seen more player, like more defenses that give up a couple yards. I don't know. It's weird. But the, the, the problem I've been having with this defensive line, and I know that the offensive line for the Colts is a little banged up, is that they had just like such a push. I mean, shoot, man, you would have Jonathan Taylor just sitting like, you know, three yards past the line of scrimmage hasn't been touched yet, and the line's still in front of him. You can't have that. <laughs> like he's he's picking his holes, and the and the push was incredible. I mean, that that and then like, oh my god, the screens, man. We called it. We said it in the game. We said the way that you could beat this Ravens team is in the flat. These screens that could like go off for huge yards, and then that first drive, you see just like a complete untouched Jonathan Taylor just streak down the field, and you're like, oh my god. I was hoping it was Heinz. I was hoping it was Heinz because I had it in my DFS card because I thought this would happen. <laughs> but not, not like this. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on, man. Not Jonathan Taylor. But he's he's a, he's a threat to me. He's so fast when he gets going. I, just, ah, I tell you, I, I feel like if we're seventh in the league, the rest of the team league should be ashamed of themselves. What are their podcasts talking about? They must be super sad. Like, because this isn't good. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah, you look at these numbers and like, Actually, the, the team that's not that's worst on the on here is is who the Ravens are playing next week. Los Angeles Chargers giving up 157 yards per game on the ground, which is insane. Again, like we were saying, with how much passing is going on in the NFL right now. But I think another part of it, I, I'm not looking here at the number of of at the pass to run ratio that teams are doing against the Ravens. I think the other part of this equation here is where you look where the Ravens' passing defense is, they're fourth worst in the league. Only the Seahawks, Cowboys, and Bucks have given up more yards per game than the Ravens at 296. So I, I think teams are just having an easy time passing it and just not really y- using the run that much. So it, it, when they do run, they might be getting some big chunk plays along with the, the stuffs that the Ravens are always going to be able to, to get. But... Yeah, they just teams are are fine. They don't have a problem taking their shots against you know Wink's roulette wheel of blitzes. They're just gonna wait for the for one where they can exploit uh, a one on one matchup and and get a big play like we saw with Taylor uh, or what you know some of what the Ravens gave up with the Chiefs. And we'll get back to that because that is another topic I want to talk about when we're done talking about this game. But yeah, the, the pass defense. Give a huge credit to Humphrey. Give a huge credit to Clark. They're playing like all pros. Averett stepped up, but there are holes in this defense when it comes to the pass, and and it's not pretty. Another stat that we'll bring up, this one is not good for the Ravens. Uh, Carson Wentz became the fourth player in Colts history to have a 400-yard passing game, and it was the first 400-yard uh, passing game of Carson Wentz's career. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was going to say, man, like, Averitt has stepped up the whole year. He was, like, awesome in PFF grading, and you just saw, like, he was playing really well. He's gotten some interceptions. Like, he's just been playing really nice. 
and then he got absolutely picked on in this game like demolished he looked like crap like and the um every like you know curl route was getting completed he was just totally picked on um i saw i retweeted out on our account the uh if you look at the passing chart, you can like basically see where Averett was playing because like there's just all these targets there, <laughs> like all in the exact same spot, just like kept getting completed, and um, I just couldn't believe it because like you said, he played so well, he had stepped up so much where we were like, oh wow, like just last week we were saying like, oh wow, like Averett's like the real deal, he's been playing so good, and I don't know what happened in this game. I don't know what the Colts saw that maybe other teams haven't seen yet, and I'm really hoping this was a, a random one off. You know, he wasn't right on Monday night versus, uh, you know, a, a thing that we're going to start seeing as teams figure out how to attack this defense better. Yeah. I mean, you got to give credit to the Colts. Despite their record, I think they have uh, pieces of a better team for sure. I mean, we didn't even talk about uh, the defense that they were playing, but I mean, some of the guys that they have on the D line and their linebacker core in particular, I mean, they were doing a great job for most of the game. It wasn't until the fourth quarter when they really started getting tired and that pass rush was slowing down a lot. But for most of the game, I mean, they were, it was just like last year. I mean, they were playing uh, really tough, just, you know, forcing the Ravens to, to be in bad situations, stuff in the run, things like that. But yeah, I mean, on the offense too, I thought, you know, all the receivers were healthy and they were all contributing. I mean, Pittman had a few balls thrown his way, Pascal, Campbell, Taylor was in the past game. Mo Ali Cox had a few catches. I mean, basically, I mean, they threw everything at the Ravens. And I want to say that's probably part of you know, why they had so many issues is that they just saw a bunch of a bunch of new looks and things like that. But uh, I'm hoping Averitt is able to bounce back. I mean, the other thing too, right? I mean, Elliot's been out for two weeks now. Um, we're still down Westry. So, I mean, we're, we're suffering a little bit from depth there. So, you know, I think as some of these guys are able to get healthy and, and get a little bit better, I think it'll, it'll improve. Um, one of the other benefits too, I thought, at least for this game, uh, Tavon Young looked a little bit better, probably the best game he's had uh, this season so far. So if he continues to step up and, and play a little bit better, I think that's going to help cover some holes. Yep. Tight coverage and a nice corner blitz uh, for a sack. Um, everything he did, uh, except for that retaliation that uh i i I felt like i've seen people say it too man like that was a dirty shot by doyle and like once they did that uh you know they weren't allowed to win anymore the football god said no (laughs) (laughs) so um i was so nervous though i was like oh man when they went to go kick that field goal i was like if we seriously lose from like him retaliating after that like such a bummer i i don't like the way the league's called in that way to be completely frank like I, I get that, like, you're supposed to, like, be the quote-unquote bigger person, but, like, why is the instigator never get in trouble? Like, I don't know. It it makes me scratch my head. I don't quite like it because it almost, like, it almost uh, encourages instigating, right? <laughs> like, am I wrong, right? Like, unless, like, because if you don't, half the time, the instigators, I would say more than half the time, the instigators aren't caught because the other guy doesn't do anything. It's only when they do anything, then they call it on them. Right. I don't know. Like, I'm not even trying to be a homer here. I'm just like, like logically trying to think through, like, how like, is it? Are you actually getting the outcomes you want by the way that you, nah, you force I, the I rule? Get it. I get it, man. I'm like, it's, <laughs> it's only like, it's they only ever get punished if you go like Andre Johnson did on Cortland Finnegan, right? Everybody loves to see that play minus Cortland Finnegan because like Cortland <laughs> Finnegan was always the freaking instigator. I mean, Heinz Ward too. Like, you love to see that tackle from Jared Johnson where he completely lays him out because he's been instigating people for. So many freaking years. 
but like that only ha- you know that's not going to happen with the Colts because we don't play them every year. So uh, Doyle's not going to get his due probably for uh, for a long time if ever. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, I feel like that's just kind of a bummer the way that they're officiating it. I think maybe they need to think about that. They should uh, sit down and do a flow chart and see what the, pr- the problem is here with the way they uh, officiate. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I hear you though. Yeah, it was a I was it was a frustrating play in the moment, but. Um, you know, fortunately, it didn't end up uh, affecting the game too much. I was actually really worried about that one. I think it was the last. I think it was the pass before that. Uh, they completed that corner route on Averett again, like, and then they got close to field goal range, and I was just like, "Ugh, Averett, come on, man, you got to cover something this game." <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, hoping he can have a bounce back game next week. But I tell you what, it's going to be tough because these Chargers look really good right now. Yep. Well, I think before we go talk about the Chargers, let's uh, maybe wrap this one up by talking about our MVPs of the game. Are we willing to just say Lamar Jackson this time? <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's uh, almost like he, he played too well not to give him an MVP, right? Uh, I mean, gonna... <laughs> 37, 37 of 43, 442 yards, 10.3 pass yards per attempt, four touchdowns, no picks. He did have the fumbles, um, but... I, I forget where I saw this stat, but I'm almost positive I saw that's the best completion percentage in NFL history for a game where someone had over 40 attempts. Yep. yep. Yeah, he shredded the defense. I, it took him a while, but he just shredded it. And yeah, I mean, we we only, we save giving Lamar Jackson the MVP for a truly exceptional game. You could argue giving it to Andrews or, or Hollywood or maybe even Campbell, but let's be honest Lamar was the catalyst for this victory yeah I think he earned one we can still give it two more out I'll g- I gave him a, I'll give him mine but like it's one of those things where like Lamar's always the MVP right your quarterback like if they play well like usually are, are, it's a very important cog of the success of your team but uh this this game was like especially special yeah absolutely I mean you can't argue with any of those stats man I mean it's it's amazing to see this transition from a uh, a quarterback who's lighting the world up with his ability to affect the the run game to now be an incredible passer. I mean, uh, it's just it, it happened in the span of six games, like <laughs> you know, since the playoffs last year. I mean, it's it's just amazing how it's how it's uh, uh, made that transition. But yeah, for me, um, I I thought this during the game. Look, I mean, you know, as much as. Uh, you know the offense and how they performed near the the fourth quarter Uh, they had to have a defensive stop in order for the offense to be able to really tie the game and for me uh, Calais Campbell I got to give it to him that block field goal was just I mean it's one of those things man I think Calais talked about it and that football is definitely a a momentum game and that um, you know if you can have the momentum be able to do that like you can make good things happen for me there's nothing better then uh, seeing uh, players step up in situations where you're like, somebody's got to make this play, right? If, if, if somebody doesn't make this play, we are going to lose this game. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, when the Colts were driving there and they could have kicked a field goal, it would have been up two more scores. I, I don't know if the Ravens wouldn't have been able to, to come back and tie it. I mean, no matter how well they played at the end, it just, you know, the clock's got to run out eventually. And... Yeah, just for Clays to step up in that situation, man. I mean, 14-year vet, man. Like, just, 
you know, he's made his plays. He's made a ton of plays throughout his career. I mean, he's played on some fantastic teams, but he's still continuing to produce at a high level for the Ravens. That was just amazing. Uh, He's definitely still one of the top players on this defense. And uh, yeah, I I think he truly uh, uh, made the difference this game. It's the eighth blocked field goal in his career. Big man still got it. Yeah, agree with all those takes. Uh, I got to take the the last obvious one, Mark Andrews, like we said. Huge game, uh, career-defining game, hopefully the first of many. Uh, and he's just going to go into that elite mode like Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. Yeah, it was pretty next level. I couldn't believe, man, that when we were uh, – I, I, I didn't realize the other game I was in fantasy, but like – me and Peter were playing this week, and he had uh, Mark Andrews, and I had Hollywood, and we went back and forth a little bit there in that last game. But uh, yeah, like it was crazy to see those two both put up that many points. If either of them had a normal game, the other person would have won for sure, you know, because <laughs> it was a close <laughs> enough game. But because they both went ballistic, it was just how like I was a little bit ahead at the end that it worked out. <laughs> it was Man. crazy. Man, that game was so close, though. I, I couldn't I couldn't even root for Andrews to get the final touchdown over over Brown for from my victory i was just like i, I just want to see the ravens win i don't care who gets it <laughs> i will say man i, I would love to hear from any ravens fans uh you know listeners of the show who uh who had a fancy game impacted by this because like i've heard so many stories of people being like man i need a herculean effort from lamar i need a herculean effort from like you know one of these two guys i need to get 70 points from him and they were like I, i'll give you 80 how does that feel <laughs> like it's just nuts you know <laughs> Yeah, they definitely came through pretty wild. Well, that wraps it up, man. Another Ravens win, four and one for this Ravens team. Another home game coming up against the Chargers. We'll make sure to preview that, and you'll hear it later in the week. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us Ravens underscore Recap on Twitter, where we always have some good polls going on and uh, other interesting stats and graphics. And then also, of course, email us with any uh, questions or feedback at feedback at ravensrecap.com. We'll break down the other four and one team. The Chargers coming into MNC Bank Stadium on Sunday at 1 o'clock later this week. Make sure to tune in. It's going to be a, one of the most interesting games of the season.